Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. We didn't really know each other very well yet. This is when I was still super scared to even speak up. And I said maybe three sentences in the whole meeting. And she came to me after and was like, what you said in that meeting was so smart. It was such a vote of confidence. And every time she would sort of plus one my ideas, it just meant so much to me and gave me so much confidence. My name is Esprit Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create the Women in Tech show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast, celebrating women in tech around the world. So exciting to be celebrating women in tech from one of my favorite companies, a company that is a mentor to all of us business owners, to anybody selling anything online, Shopify. Yes. What better way to celebrate a women's day than celebrating some of the women innovating how we build our dreams. Hello, the girls of Shopify. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi. So we have a very special episode today. It is awesome. We have seven women in tech joining us from the Shopify team. Everybody's going to go along, do a quick fire to introduce themselves and tell us a little bit about who they are and what they do. We're going to kick it off with Marcy. Marcy, go ahead. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Hey, first off, thanks Esprit for having us. This is uh, super exciting. I actually just recently joined the platform team. So all the women that are here today are joining you from Shopify's platform product line specifically. And I've had the pleasure, I'm probably the most recent addition in the group here, um, but I have been with Shopify for a really long time. So I'm just kind of starting my newest journey, my newest chapter with Shopify on platform. So that's kind of what I'm doing right now. I'm still in like the hyper learn phase. I am just taking everything in at this point. And making us better every day. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And Marcy, how many people were at Shopify when you first joined Shopify? Um, There was like probably around 100. And how many Uh, people are there now? I don't know the last publicly disclosed number, so I'll say just upwards of 5,000. That works. That, so a lot more people. Crazy. Yeah, there's quite a bit more people. Yeah. That's so cool. And next up, Sarah, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about what you do. Hello. Uh, thank you for having me here. I lead the data science team for Platform Product Line. And I've actually been in data before the whole term data science came to be. Uh, it was in analytics and then it was BI and now data science. Been working with Shopify for a good four to five years now and so much learnings, hyper growth. I feel like even though I'm not new to the product line, it's still hyper growth every single day uh, of, of my time here. So it's just been a really amazing journey with this amazing group of people here. So cool. I love it. And Amy, how about you next? 
Hi. So I'm Amy Thibodeau, and I have a couple of roles at Shopify. My main job is I'm the director of UX, or otherwise known as user experience for our platform team. And then my side gig is I lead UX operations at Shopify. So we've got a team of about 400-ish UX people working across the company, and UX operations leads sort of the foundational practices that keeps us all connected. But my first love is definitely platform. And I have been really, really lucky to work in this product line for, I think, about two and a half years now. I've been at Shopify for about three and a half years, but have learned a ton, continue to learn a ton. The learning curve really never ends on Platform Marcy. At least it hasn't for me in a few years. So you're, you're in good company. I love that you describe that as your side gig. <laughs> It's my side gig. It is. It's totally my side gig. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and Elizabeth, do you go by Elizabeth or by Liz? I go by Elizabeth. Although Perfect. it sounds like I'm really like full of myself, and I'm like, please call me Elizabeth. But I have lots of nicknames. <laughs> but it's just easier. I lead UX for the app platform, which is part of our platform. So I'm a senior UX manager there, and I've been with Shopify for I think I've been saying a year and a half for about five months now. So it's probably almost two years. And I joined thanks to wanting to work with. Amy, who is a great mentor to me here. And we both come from a similar background and user experience as well, coming from content strategy. But yeah, I've been here for a while and I focus specifically on the app side of our ecosystem and everything that's involved with that from research to design to development to content as well. I love it. And Ria, is that, am I remembering how you say it? Yeah, okay. that's correct. Hi, everyone. I'm the finance manager for Platform. I've been at Shopify for just over three years now. And I come from the world of accounting. So very straight laced, very uptight. So joining Shopify has been the wild west and it's been incredible to work with so many motivated people on so many incredible projects that have just taken off. Uh, it's really been a rocket ship. I love it. And I want to make sure I don't mispronounce this either. Fatima. Yes. yes. Hi. Thanks <laughs> for having me along with all of these wonderful women who I love working with every day. So I lead our commercial, like our business and partnerships on platform. And so anything that kind of involves like our economic models with partners um, or commercial agreements, et cetera. And I joined Shopify two years ago, but Shopify has been a part of my life for much longer than that because many, many years ago, I quit my job and moved to New York City to start a company. And the only reason I was able to do that was because Shopify existed because I was a non-technical founder. And I spent years in New York building that as a merchant before I ended up jumping on the rocket ship. Awesome. And Daylin? Hi, thanks so much for having me. I do product marketing for the platform team, as well as another product line that we call Kernel here. And I definitely like to focus on developers and our partners as an audience. Um, And that's kind of been my life's work. I actually moved to Toronto to work for Shopify. I've been at Shopify for a little over a year. And prior to that, I was at a whole bunch of different companies in Silicon Valley. So it's been really fun to get to know a different side of tech uh, right here in Toronto. Awesome. All right. So one of my favorite questions to ask is what's one huge obstacle that you've successfully overcome and how did you overcome it? I know this is a really unique episode where we have seven of you and it's a lot of stories to share. So I want to just jump right into the heart of it. Daylin, why don't we start with you and everybody feel free to contribute if something comes to mind that you want to share as well that you found inspiring in your journey or to compliment what one another is saying. One thing that I love about the group of women that we have on right now is 
because you're all so obviously collaborative and it reminds me of the hashtag women empowering women. And I just feel like you represent what women empowering women means online. And so, yeah, Dalen, why don't you share with us a story of a time that you had to really overcome an obstacle and how you were able to do that? The obstacle I'd like to point out, which is actually two sides of the same coin. I have a very resistant to marketing audience that I specialize in. I'll put it like that. So for developer marketing in particular, the famous line about developers is developers hate marketing. They don't respond to it at all, or at least that's what they like to think. So as anyone who has worked at Facebook or Apple or developers definitely respond to good marketing. And just like anyone else, they are turned off by bad marketing. But when they get turned off, they are vocal. They're very opinionated and they let all of their friends know and they're very connected. So you find that your message perhaps didn't resonate, not just within your own audience, but then on the face of Hacker News or Reddit or any of the other channels that they participated. So a lot of my learnings have been really around understanding how my audience likes to receive messages, because at the end of the day, Mm. they need this communication to be effective at what they do to learn about things like API versioning that might impact whether their apps break, whether the integrations that they had built are going to be impacted by some new capability that Shopify has introduced. So I've really enjoyed learning how to resonate and they let me know um, when I have not been effective. They are not shy. (laughs) And how do you emotionally handle feedback and criticism? Like what keeps you from not taking it personally or did you take it personally at one point and have to train yourself how to understand that it wasn't personal? Not to over-index on this audience, but I found that working with this audience, it was all just a problem to solve. So it, it was very easy actually not to take it personally because my audience was never pointing a finger at me um, because of my gender, because of my background or anything like that. I never felt that it was personal. I always felt like I just need to try this a different way. So that, yeah, the really nice thing about marketing or messaging or communicating to this type of audience is the signal on whether your message has landed or not is always very clear. Amazing. Thank you, Dalen. Who would like to go next? I can go next. Yeah, go for it, Amy. When I started at Shopify, I led the design systems team. And that is really in my wheelhouse. You know, it's an area that I feel really comfortable in. Um, I come from a content strategy background and, you know, design systems often are all about documentation and like, how do you explain things to an audience? And when I was offered the role to lead UX for platform, I was initially really frightened of it because I I didn't know the domain very well. And I don't come from a development background and have always thought of myself as somebody who isn't all that technical. So there was this like big barrier for me where I thought like, why would I do this to myself? (laughs) Like, why would I join this team that focuses on the heaviest technical problems in the company, quite frankly? And it was interesting, like I talked to a lot of people about it. And I think the reason that I actually took the role, and I'm so glad that I took this role, but I think the reason that I took the role is is a couple of things. Number one, Brandon Chu, who is my manager, 
reminded me that like the domain actually doesn't matter, that the way that we sort of tackle and solve problems is the same. And so not to be intimidated by the domain. I also had like great models from people like Atlee Clark, who is another fantastic woman leader on this team who is on maternity leave right now. And she has done an amazing job. And she also doesn't come from a technical background. And so when we were kind of at the beginning of all this, and it was a smaller group of us, I felt really supported and putting my hand up and just going like, I actually have no idea what you're talking about. I don't understand the words that you're using. We're not speaking the same language. Can you please slow down? Can you please explain it to me? And when I was brave enough to do that, inevitably, there were other people in the room who had the same question. And so that was like a reinforcing loop for me to go, hey, like it's, it's fine. Like nobody knows how to, how APIs work, you know, nobody is born with that knowledge, you know, these are all things that people have learned. And so really leaned into that and also was just really supported by all kinds of people across the platform team to just help me fill in those gaps. Once I was sort of brave enough to ask for help and to just acknowledge when I had absolutely no idea what people were talking about, which at the beginning was most of the time. What I love about that is I believe in this concept called silent mentorship, where how we show up every day, we are essentially mentoring others around us, whether it be the cashier at at a restaurant or, you know, someone on our team by raising your hand, taking that leap and asking, you know, for guidance where you needed it. You were in those moments being a silent mentor to others to show them it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to be raw. It's okay not to be perfect. It's okay to ask for help. I think that's so powerful. I love that you shared that. Thank you. And I saw Elizabeth. Oh yeah, please do. Marcy, go. Amy, I did not know that at all, by the way. I had no idea, Marcy. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like whether, I feel like this is sort of like counterintuitive to your silent mentorship comment because I was like very overt and clearly explained, but like just the fact that you said that right now, I'm like, no way. Okay. So just like, just took me down a notch in terms of all the anxiety that I still have around mixing up terms and mixing up teams and all of those things. It's very reassuring to know that. (laughs) That's awesome. That's a perfect example. Like the more we show up and the more that we're vulnerable, the more we all feel safe together. Elizabeth, you had raised your hand. Yeah, I just wanted to kind of like connect to what Amy said and actually Marcy the same. Like I also come from a content strategy background and I think in addition to sort of feeling like it was okay to ask questions, I had a little bit of an introduction to this experience working with the developer platform team at my last company at Intercom and they were really open and supportive. And so that just set me off with this expectation that I should I should expect that. I should expect people to be awesome and helpful and go into it with that attitude. But also, I feel like we have a lot to teach and to share, right? So like APIs are a perfect example of that, where there was a lot that we could offer to this very, very technical group of people that we were working with, just in terms of perspective, in terms of like framing problems in different ways. And so it was really good for me to feel like, no, I actually have something to bring to the table, even though I also, like I started out as a journalist, I had come from a very non-technical background, but you know, there's definitely sometimes weirdly more overlap. I've always said that like engineers and content people have far more in common than they realize. I love that. Elizabeth, do you want to go next? What's the obstacle that you've overcome successfully and how did you do that? What's an obstacle I've overcome successfully? I mean, I'm always like, have I overcome anything successfully or am I just on a journey? And we'll wait. You are on a journey. We're all on a journey. <laughs> um, I think I definitely went through something similar to what Amy went through. Literally, like I remember when I was considering joining Shopify and she and I were walking down King Street in Toronto and she was like, you know, you are already doing user experience management and user experience leadership. And you've just been calling it something different because I led content design specifically in my last role. And she was right. But I think I had a mental block just in terms of my identity and how much 
my identity was attached to the skill set and the craft that I had practiced. And so I'm really glad that she said that. And then I was able to sort of take that step because when I started, I was like, oh yeah, there's so much overlap with what I was doing before. That was definitely something just like the blocks that I had put up for myself, which I didn't even realize were blocks that were kind of stopping me from moving forward. I know. Sometimes people have said, you know, external forces hold us back. And I feel that the person or the thing that holds me back the most is myself and my own self-limiting beliefs. And it's constantly overcoming my own I can'ts with I am able to, you know, I am competent enough. I am lovable, which was, was my morning affirmation. How about Sarah? You want to go next? Yeah. And actually, it's very much on theme with what everyone's been talking about. Um, Data science as a craft within Shopify has actually changed over the course of the four years that I've been here. Uh, When I was first hired, it was very much like, hey, we want somebody to come in, dig into the data, give us some insights to now where it's like, hey, we want the person to be building the data foundations to the insights, to the experimentation, like helping guide experimentation and building data products. So there's definitely a big piece where I have to grow really quickly. And that was honestly an obstacle and a challenge that I would say like I felt very strongly when we started making this change and still continue to grow from from this path that there's never like an end to a learning journey. But one thing that I think has been really successful and helped me overcome some of these things is hiring a really great team and surrounding mm-hmm. yourself with really great people and, and not being afraid to, to what Amy, actually a lot, Marcy, Elizabeth have already said, asking questions and being like, hey, you know, I'm really great at this thing, but I'm actually not so great at this thing. Can we pair? Can we sit down and just spend like two hours to pair together? So even from a technical level, there's a hundred things to learn and it's always a continued learning journey. So that's kind of something I'm still overcoming, but have also learned how to help myself overcome this journey. I love that. Help myself. It's so cool. We have to be our own best friends. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Who would like to go next? I don't want to put pressure Uh, on anybody. Yeah. I can go go next. Yeah. I think for me, I would say it's a very similar obstacle that I've seen myself go through twice in big ways now. So I'll sort of illustrate it, how it showed up twice. So the first was when I decided to move to New York and start this company and I knew nobody there and I had no connections sort of into the space. And so I did it on almost this like feeling of adrenaline. Like I had told myself the story of, you know, you can do this if you're going to take risk, when's a better time? And I did it. And then I got there and I was like, holy shit, what did you just do? Like this is the <laughs> stupidest decision you could have made. You know, nobody totally. in this city. It's the most expensive city to live in. You think you're going to be able to build this company? What are you doing? And so that whole process of sort of getting over yourself and just moving and having the conviction that this is going to work out in some way or another, even if you have no idea what the outcome will be, but you know, it's going to be one hell of a time. So I think that was the first time that I had to sort of push myself through, you know, all those scary doubts. And I think that that happened again when I joined Shopify. Because to be honest, you know, Amy mentioned Brandon and Atlee and you meet them and you sort of just fall in love with them. And you're like, okay, whatever ship you're on, I'm like ready to jump on. (laughs) And so I did that without even really thinking that much about the job and knowing that Shopify gave me the ability to have the experience that I did. So I just want to join it because it's doing that for so many other people in the world. And when I joined, it was like, okay, I'm in charge of business development and commercial partnerships for this developer ecosystem, which I could relate to from a startup and entrepreneur perspective. But in every other way, I was like, what is all of this? It's so confusing. And it was at a time where, you know, Shopify has grown so fast over the last couple of years and the platform has grown so fast. 
And so there was sort of a point where we had to really take a step back and also look at some of the foundational things that we needed to work on to allow for the next 100x growth that we know we're going to see in the future. And I was sort of coming in around the time where we were making a lot of those changes and thinking about how to really scale for the long term. And so it was very challenging time to get up to speed with everything. And I, every day I thought, you know, I'm going to get figured out and people are going to be like, she has no idea what she's doing. And I so specifically remember, I just want to call her out because she's here today and she's one of my favorite people at Shopify. So I very specifically remember one meeting. It was a leader meeting we had and Amy was in the room, obviously, and we didn't really know each other very well yet. This is when I was still super scared to even speak up. And I said maybe three sentences in the whole meeting. And she came to me after and was like, what you said in that meeting was so smart. And I was like, really? And for me, she represents, you know, she's like director of UX, Amy's such a badass at her company inside and outside. And so it was such a vote of confidence. And, and, you know, sort of every time she would sort of plus one my ideas, it just meant so much to me and gave me so much confidence. So I always remember that, Amy, if I, I don't know if I've told you that before, but I always remember that. Oh, that's so nice. (laughs) And honestly, like Fatima is like my hero. She is so, I mean, such an entrepreneurial, smart, direct, just killer woman who I am just determined that like my mission of 2020 is that everybody in the world knows of Fatima and like, (laughs) and can like plug into her radness because honestly, she is just like, not enough people know Fatima and they should all know her because the world would be a better place. I have to second that. Oh my gosh. Like, I don't know, Fatima, the first time we met, this Marcy talking, I feel like I don't know if that's helpful or not. Yeah, no, please, please do. Everybody listening is like, wait, whose voice is this? Yeah. (laughs) We're missing like a few ladies on the team right now. Like we're missing um, Ashley and Vanessa and Christina. They weren't able to make it either. But so I had a meeting. I had gone to Toronto, like just because I'm in Ottawa. <clears throat> I'd gone to meet a bunch of these ladies, unbeknownst to them. It was just to see if I liked working with them because it was a possible consideration that I would be joining the team. But Vanessa and I were sitting down for a little while, and Fatima came up, and you were sort of like the way that you sort of. I knew nothing about the work that you were doing, and almost within like 90 seconds, I felt like I completely understood, and I wanted to help you so badly. And I was like, I have this whole other pile of work to do, but I need to help her. But when <laughs> Whatever she needs, I want to help her with what she's doing because whatever it was, it was like your like energy around the problem you were solving was so magnetic. I immediately felt like sucked into that. So that was like, I think, I think I told you. Oh my God. They joined, but like, yeah, it was (laughs) second Amy's uh, kudos there. (laughs) I think, I think one of the, oh, go ahead. Oh no, I was just going to say, I love these women. (laughs) I I think one of the things, and this is kind of like, um, it like solidifies or cements what I've always thought about Shopify is there's a few brands out there like Shopify. One of my favorite other companies is Basecamp. There's some brands out there that I call them mentorship brands where I feel they're setting an example and educating the rest of us outside of just their service offering, educating us about collaboration, about how to grow. And I feel like even in this conversation, seeing how you all inspire one another and mentor one another and collaborate, it's just, it's rad. And I wish that more companies would follow suit to foster such collaborative environments where you're driven to cheer one another on and elevate one another up. You know, it's just, it's such a beautiful feeling when we do that both internally at a company and just externally in the world. Um, Okay, so who wants to go next? Rhea. You yeah. haven't gone yet, right? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, Mia. I can jump on. I think it's a, it's similar to what everyone said here. I'd say like a broader obstacle for me has been, so I'm a 
finance manager and I'm an accountant, but like math and analysis is not intuitive to me at all. And I don't really talk about it. I went to like a performing arts high school and it's pretty competitive. And I thought I was going to be maybe an actress. So I majored in theater and I like much more of an interest in like English and that sort of abstract non-analytical thinking. And then I think my parents came to see a couple plays and I was always cast as the tree and they were like, this isn't going to fly. She's going to be an accountant. Um, And so, and so I kind of veered off in that direction, but like, I always felt like a fish out of water and I always worked with people that were super financially literate and very like accounting focused. And and so it was a very different skill set and side of my brain to develop. And then when I came over to Shopify, my role is to partner with the business and actually help them understand numbers and help them figure out how to do what they want to do from a financial viewpoint. And I think when you have to teach someone else something that you are, like when you have to explain it to someone else, that's when you really start to understand it. So it's been a really interesting journey the past three years as a business partner to figure out how to explain this and convey this to other people. And I started realizing like the storytelling that comes into play that that goes back to being a theater major and the fact that everyone in business, it, it really comes down to people. And so if you understand the motivations of people, that's what drives a conversation forward, which again is is very much theater. And I'm starting to see this synthesis of like, this world and and it's all kind of connecting at Shopify. So that's been a really cool journey to go so far. I want to say, I have no idea that you ever felt like that, Ria, because you are, in my mind, somebody that is so great with understanding data, being able to tell the stories with data. Like, honestly, sometimes even from data team, we're like, hey, Ria, we're planning to tell the story this way. Does this make sense to you? And it's, it's just like, amazing to me and to hear that from you. And honestly, you are just so great at oh, thanks. <laughs> what you do. I just want to just, throw that out there. Just, yeah, like this is Amy. This is- so Rhea, my first real memory of you, like really like standing out in my brain was, I can't remember what it was. It was like a big team meeting. It might've even been a company, All Hands. If not, it was certainly a platform, All Hands. And Rhea got up and she talked through a bunch of data stuff, which is not my forte either, but you told it through the lens of art collecting. So you talked about data and you told this story and you related it back to the valuation of art or how, how art is collected. And I don't remember any more details now, but I remember walking out of that being like, for the first time ever, I feel like I really understand this. And I remember saying to Brandon, my boss, holy crap, we need to get her talking a lot more and explaining these concepts because she really knows how to tell a story around them that really makes it real and connects people to what it means. Oh, thanks, Amy. Yeah, I remember that. (laughs) I was very nervous to do that talk. (laughs) It was so good. I I just remember it was about art and data. And I was like, I understand data for the first time. Ever. Rhea, can we talk a little bit about the nerves you felt on that day and what, what made you nervous and how you were able to show up despite being nervous? Yeah. So the talk that Amy's referencing was, I think I did it at town hall for the company, but it started as a a lightning talk for finance. And it was about the economics of modern art and how we can tie that back to some of the behavioral things we see happen at Shopify. And so I got voluntold to do the talk and I was really nervous because I don't know anything about modern art and I don't know anything about behavioral economics. Like I had just kind of been fooling around and reading things about it. And I think the nerves came from speaking about something where I didn't feel like an expert. And I've now learned that that's actually really common. We have a a great system at work where we have a book library and execs and people recommend 
books and I read Confidence Code from that. And there's a whole section talking about how women feel the need to over-prepare and to be an expert before they feel like they can talk about something. And I think everyone here knows that and has probably felt that. But it was like Christine Lagarde from the IMF. That's her mechanism. She's like, I have to over-prepare insanely. Otherwise, I can't speak about it. And that really resonated. So that's where the nerves came from. I love that. And it resonates with so many, so many people. You're right about this need to feel like we have to have it mastered 100% before we try it at all. And it's not true. Sometimes it's better to just take the leap and have that belief in self that we're competent enough to figure it out. I think that that's a fear that we all have embodied many times in our lives. And Marcy, what is an obstacle that you've overcome successfully and how did you overcome it? Ooh, thanks for letting me go last because I was like trying to pick which one of the millions <laughs> are the ones we're talking about. But, you know, this last couple of years, one of the probably the biggest obstacles from me that I've been working on and still really working on is like just accepting and like growing into leadership as a craft and what that actually means. So even just taking a step out of like a domain that I felt that I was becoming an expert in, in terms of curating customer experience and a support experience and moving into something completely foreign was accepting that I was working on leadership as a craft rather than like my specific area of expertise or like subject matter expert. And what that has sort of meant for me is figuring out what are the characteristics for me specifically, not not everybody in the world that would make me a good leader. And I think, you know, the obstacles in that are sure, like it's just the feeling confident and changing paths and like trying to figure out a new path. Um, but for me, like the, the deeper sort of challenges beneath the surface are really around trusting my instincts. And uh, I think for the majority of my life, like I'm in my 30s, I always thought that the way I'm going to be really successful and the way I'm going to be a good leader is by demonstrating my ability to make, you know, logical, strong decisions that are based on fact. And, you know, it's, it's a really obvious decision because anyone else could see the facts and they would make the same decision. Therefore, it's a good one. And I am partially driven that way, but I am very much motivated and my decisions are driven really heavily by instinct and by my heart. So, you know, what is, what is sort of the feeling that is going to be the byproduct of this decision? And I think I was operating from that for a really long time and just didn't even really know it. And then once I realized it, I was actually embarrassed by it, I think is probably the real struggle. So I've talked about it at like a few internal Shopify events, like how is your heart actually a strategic advantage and how do you use it and how do you move into that space? And still like maintain your authenticity and still make great decisions and sort of surface that. So I, I would sort of say it's an obstacle. I don't know if I've overcome it, but I would I would sort of put a check mark on the journey of overcoming towards like acknowledging and then working towards actually totally. using it. Totally. We're all yeah. on the journey. I love that. <laughs> Something that I think would be really valuable since we have this like gift of having you all on and such a collaborative spirit is a lot of companies come to me and say, I want to hire more women in tech. And I know Shopify is a company that has such incredible culture and you're so proud to work there. Can you share with me and with us, one, how did you discover your opportunity at Shopify and then what attracted you to want to work for the company? Do you want to go first, Sarah? Yeah, it's so funny because uh, I got a reach out on LinkedIn from a talent acquisition person named Jamie Oliver. And at the time I was working in the bank and I remember looking on LinkedIn, I looked at the message, I turned to my cubicle, I'm like, yo, 
Jamie Oliver just messaged me on LinkedIn. And they're like, why would Jamie Oliver message? I'm like, I don't know. Went in. And it was um, a Shopify message saying like, hey, you know, you have a lot of really great experience that we're looking for. And then, and honestly, from that moment, I was just like, I need to talk to this person. <laughs> and, and at the time, truthfully speaking, I was happy with what I was doing. I was actually doing product management in the bank, working in their uh, deposit products. So, and it was a relatively new role and really enjoying the work there. But as I was talking to Jamie, like what I loved about that conversation, it was called a life story interview where we just get to know each other. You're talking, you're trying to understand, you know, how, how people in Shopify is like and for them to understand who I am as a person. It's almost like the, after the first conversation, I was hooked. And then they brought me to Ottawa. I did a lot of interviews. And honestly, it was really about the people that I met along the way that really made me think about leaving where I was. Uh, I, I was talking to amazing people like Soul Mass, who, was, who is now our VP of data science, such an amazing women leader in data and, and doing such amazing things that I, I can see myself learning from. So that was actually really what attracted me is the, the people here, the growth opportunities here, and honestly, just the fact that there's always so much to learn. There's never a day where I feel like, yep, I, I know, I know everything about this product line or, or Shopify and I can, you know, I can coast, but it's always been, there's always something new and there's always something changing. And it's kind of that excitement that really drives me to hopefully do more and do more and do better every day. So that was how I discovered Shopify and also what attracted me to Shopify. I love that. LinkedIn recruiting with a famous name and, <laughs> and the people. I love it. Amy, you want to go next? Sure, I can go next. I had spent four very intense years at Facebook and I was really tired and I basically, I retired. I, I was way too young to retire, but I retired and I bought, literally, I bought a house in the south of France and I was like, I'm done with technology. I'm done like with my career. I'm going to read books and I'll like, you know, paint this house and just live a lovely life by a river. That and does sound lovely. <laughs> it, it was lovely. It's beautiful in the south of France. And, you know, but little by little, I, you know, I kind of regrouped. I, I rested. I got some space to really think about, you know, what I was interested in and started doing a little bit of consulting work here and there. And at that point in time, it was just the moment in time where every company thought that they needed a chatbot. And so I had all of these companies coming to me going like, oh, I need you to, you know, can you design me a chatbot? Can you create a chatbot? for me. And so I did what I often do when I'm kind of working in a new space, which is I write sarcastic posts on Medium. And so I wrote a couple of posts on Medium that were just like, so you think you need a quirky little robot for your customers? You know, here's what to think about. And so I wrote a few of those posts and then Shopify got in touch with me because Around that time, Shopify acquired a company called Kit. And uh, Kit, as it turns out, is actually a very useful, um, but it is like a, a quirky sort of um, personal assistant kind of uh, chatbot. And, and so they got in touch with me, uh, not to recruit me, but just to say, hey, from a UX perspective, how are you approaching this work? Right. Um, and I started to have a bunch of conversations with them. And then I'm originally from Canada, even though I was living in the south of France. So I come back to Canada, um, happened to be in Ontario, and so met with a few people. And everybody that I met with, I just learned something from and, and really enjoyed the experience. So um, I decided to then move to New York. And when I was moving to New York, they said, well, hey, so 
you know, if you're interested, we'd be open to you working remotely from New York. And at that point, I wasn't even sure. Honestly, the thing that made me sure that I wanted to join Shopify was in that period of time, um, my mother got really sick and it was very sudden. She was only 60. She was a very healthy person. Thank you. But I moved back to Saskatchewan to look after her. And so I moved back to Saskatchewan. I hadn't lived there in almost 10 years and I was caring for my mother. And throughout all of this, I was having these conversations with people at Shopify who were, they were trying to hire me, but they were also just like very aware of what I was going through and what I was dealing with. And so even when they, they made the offer, you know, my mother passed away, they made the offer. I'm so sorry. Oh, thank you. I, you know, um, it's been, it's been a few years now, but yeah, it was a, it was a really hard experience, but they made the offer and then they gave me all of this space. So they gave me like three, four months to kind of have some space and get my life together and to just sort of settle into to this reality with of life, you know, without my mother. And then I started. And, and then even when I started, there was just a lot of care. And that was something that I hadn't experienced in my previous experience at tech companies. You know, I hadn't been going through the same thing, right. but the experience was a much kind of harder, kind of like throw down type culture. And I really didn't want to go back to that. And so the experience that I had in meeting people from Shopify and then going through that experience just made me really feel like it was a place that I wanted to be. And then I think the thing that's kept me here is just for a company that has been around as long as Shopify and and that has as many as employees as Shopify does, it's a company that also just gives no cares at all about swim lanes. So I felt the ability to come in in a particular role, but really kind of look pretty broadly at different opportunities and have really felt a lot of permission to take them. And, you know, and so I look at what am I really interested in and what does the company need? And there's nobody who has ever slapped my wrist and gone, you know, get back in your swim lane. That's not your job. That's somebody else's job. And so that's the thing that kind of keeps me interested, keeps me excited, keeps me motivated because I continue to grow. And it also gives me the ability to make that sort of huge landscape of possibility available to the people on my team, which is really meaningful for me. And also just like in my whole career, I've never kind of had the opportunity that I've had here to build the team and culture that I've always wanted. And so that's just, it's been really exciting. It's been inspiring and and I love it, honestly. Like I, I'm not a Kool-Aid drinker. I'm not somebody who like naturally leans into sort of company propaganda, but this is honestly, it is the best place that I've ever worked. Mm. And I just feel really supported and I feel like I could do pretty much anything here. And it's a, it's just a good place to grow a career. So it sounds like compassion and growth were the secret ingredients. I love that. Fatima? Yeah. So it's interesting. Okay. So I kind of have to take myself back to that moment when it all was happening. So it's about almost four years into my startup and I'm unsuccessfully trying to raise a second round of funding to keep the company alive. And at the same time, my folks weren't doing too well back at home Toronto. So there was sort of a lot of factors that were pulling me in a lot of different directions. I was in New York at the time. And uh, I very randomly also get a message on LinkedIn, but from Delaney, who is one of our VPs of engineering and the general manager of one of our product lines called Kernel. 
So Delaney actually also lived in New York for a long time. And I interacted with her all of once in 2015 at this like tech conference that she was speaking at um, because she was the CTO of her company at the time. And we had like a 10 minute conversation, probably less, and never spoke again. At each other on LinkedIn and never spoke again. And then fast forward three and a half, four years later, and I get a note from her and she's like, hey, uh, you know, I, I joined Shopify. She's in Ottawa. And she was like, I'm looking for people, like entrepreneurs to come back to Canada and help me build out my leadership team. And so it was sort of very serendipitous because I was like, this is strange. Like I wasn't really looking for anything, but I was like, this is strange. It's at the company that's like literally been the precursor of my whole journey. It's this woman who I like met, who I really loved and respected, but have not spoken to in years. Right, right. And all these things. And also at the same time, I'm like flying back to Toronto so often because of what's going on with my parents. And so I responded and was like, okay, like kind of was honest that I've got some other things on the run, but I'm, I'm be happy to chat. And she mentioned that her roles were only in Ottawa and Montreal. And I was like, oh, if I moved back, it could only be for Toronto. And then I got introduced to Brandon who's our GM. Um, And Brandon and I had like (laughs) this half an hour phone call while I was in New York in a coffee shop, (laughs) like a very stressed out zone of like, I was like trying to get as many investor meetings in as I could that week. And I was just like, you know, didn't have a home. Like there were so many things that I was just like running in between. And I, and we had this meeting, this like just kind of intro call scheduled and I pick up and it's like this immediate relationship that feels like, you know, this friendship that you've had in your life for a long time. It didn't feel like an interview. It felt like I just picked up the phone with like one of my friends that I knew from for a very long time. And we were talking about Shopify's business model and just like interesting things about the company. And I remember asking like, you know, are you guys really just trying to back the biggest retailers of the world? Or is this really about entrepreneurship? And he was like, no, we would have rather have a million entrepreneurs than like one major retailer. And just the conversation was so great. And that just set it all up for success. After Brandon, I met Atlee and I was like, these people are amazing and this company's mission is so amazing. And it just all sort of connected for me. I love it. I love it. And Marcy, how about you? I don't like, I don't have this (laughs) amazing head hunting, like met all these people story. I, I think I joined Shopify before it was like a, like if anybody had tried to recruit me from wherever, I don't think I would have even believed that it was real real at the time because it was just so long ago. But I had actually started because I built a Shopify store to sell digital downloads. I had, in my previous life, I had sort of done custom design work for a lot of my uh, wedding clients. And so I had leftover designs and I thought, I'll try and sell them as digital downloads. I was on mat leave. So I thought I'll try and do this. And I built the store and then like really serendipitous occasion where my, one of my friends came over and we were sitting there eating tom- tomatoes that she'd brought from her garden. Very random. I don't know why I remember that so specifically. And she's like, Oh, I just got a new job. I'm starting to work at Shopify. <laughs> Wait a minute. That sounds oddly familiar. Right. I just built a store on Shopify. Does that, is that the same company that we're talking about here? She's like, yeah, they're in Ottawa. I was like, but I had no idea they were in Ottawa. So I ended up applying as a guru, um, customer service. I really wanted to take a step back from my career, which was like probably over a hundred hours a week doing wedding planning and event design. And I wanted something that was going to be like set customer service hours. And so I joined and unbeknownst to me, I joined this like amazing startup, which is very different than what I was probably originally applying for, but uh, I would never have changed it for anything. That's for sure. Yeah. And you didn't work 
before for a tech company or for customer support, right? No. <laughs> no. Like, no, but I'm relentlessly curious and need to teach myself everything. I need to feel competent. I think that's like an underlying undercurrent here. You know, women don't seem to try things unless they feel like they're, you know, check all the boxes of being able to do it. So even when I had set up my store, I'd like set up my own domain. And then I remember going in for the interview and one of the guys in the room, they they were asking questions about something and they're like, oh, we're going to do like a test question. And it was about a domain. And I just said, I can't seem to find the the documentation online because we didn't have help docs at the time or help center at the time on the difference between um, a C name and an A record. And I'm not sure where you guys just mentioned. And he turns around and he goes, okay, she even just knows the difference between those things. You should probably just get this interview done. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Very basic, but um, yeah, you know, that's about the extent of my technical knowledge. So someone just cap it there on a high note. (laughs) And you go on to lead like the largest org at Shopify, which is amazing. (laughs) I feel like it's not even, it's not even something I inherited. People didn't get a choice whether or not I just kept adding them and they came into my arms reach and, you know, (laughs) one big family. Fatima, Marcy is so humble. Can you tell everybody listening um, about Marcy's growth for a second? Because she won't do it. She's even giving the sign on Zoom, like, don't talk about it, but don't listen to her. I'm so happy to say what I know, but even what I know is probably only less than one fifteenth of the crazy impact that Marcy's had over the years, because I've only been here for the last two. But what I will say is that when Brandon, our GM, told me that Marcy was joining our team, I was like, wow, you got Marcy? You got Marcy Murray to join our leadership team? And he was like, of course I did. (laughs) It was huge. And I was so excited about it because Marcy's led our merchant frontline team. And so that entire org is the largest org at Shopify and Marcy led all of it. So she's led leads of leads of leads and she's led like a massive team that is sort of the heart and the front line of what connects us directly to our merchants. And so the amount of empathy, not only you know that comes off of her, but that she's pushed through all of her teams so that we constantly have that um, understanding and empathy with our merchants. Like it's, I don't even know how to package that up into something that could explain how much impact she's had at the company. And the reason why I wanted to kind of shine a light on that is it's so inspiring that Marcy did not have experience in that role. It was completely new. And she started with this company. She really didn't know what she was getting involved in. And then that's the kind of path it could take for all of us when we just take the leap forward and don't let what we think may be holding us back. And I mean, look at the journey, how later she was able to impact so many people's lives by taking the leap on those first days. And so that's why I I really appreciate you shining a light on just what it means and how she's impacted your life. I had one plus when Marcy served my own, if that's all right. Yes, please go for it, Daylin. Embarrassing. This was not what we signed up for. Uh (laughs) Celebrating everybody here, how we're coming together and you know doing this together. Well, okay. So I'll I didn't get to tell my why I'm here at Shopify story. So I will start out with that. I've learned through my career that having coffees and networking with really awesome women is just a good idea because even if it's not where you're going to end up with your job, this is who taps you for podcast opportunities, Marcy, or um, talks that you give on panels. And one of the reasons I'm at Shopify is one of the really awesome general partners of an incubator called Heavybit 
had invited me to do a panel talk. I was on vacation. I wasn't able to make it, but someone that was in the audience attended and they said, you really need to have coffee with this woman, Atlee Clark. She was on the panel and, and Atlee, we were supposed to be on the panel together as it turned out. So I reached out to this friend that's like, we should have coffee. Like not looking for a job, not looking for right. things. So we go, we have coffee and it, it is that same feeling that Fatima said when she got on the phone with Brandon. I just had the best conversation with her and her point, she was kind and empathetic and direct and hilarious. And just, I was so impressed by her. And at the end of it, she's like, you know, there's someone that I really want you to meet. Her name is Arthi Sharma. She's going to be coming out to San Francisco. We have something that's going to be opening up in LA in a little bit. I'd really like you to just come in and, and meet her because you know a lot about product marketing and she's uh, growing her product marketing team. So I think that would be a great conversation. Fast forward a week, I meet with Arthi, this other complete badass woman leader, and they just are such a huge reason why I ended up at, up at Shopify. And then one other, um, Fatima, you met Delaney. And then four years later, she is now the general manager of one of the product lines that I support. Another badass woman, you know, so that's definitely what attracted me to come work for Shopify is I was just seeing all of these really amazing women be empowered and they all had this one common thread and they all happened to work at Shopify. So I was like, I think I better check something out. I love it. And I wanted to ask you, Elizabeth, next, how did you discover Shopify and what attracted you to want to be a part of the team? Yeah, I alluded to it before, but it was mostly through the wonderful Amy Thibodeau, um, who we've raved about a ton already, but I could still do it more. So I, I had been living in Dublin and in London for many, many years, and I was ready to come home. So it was very much kind of a similar story to a couple of other people. I didn't intend to go away for so long, but, you know, life happens and, uh, and was really ready to come back to Canada. And um, I had gotten in touch with Amy when she was still at Facebook and was in London and we crossed paths there and we kind of stayed in touch. And I had forgotten, actually, Amy, that you had written those posts about chatbots because at the time I was designing the first chatbot for Intercom and having Amy's posts really backed me up when I was sort of making arguments about how it should be a background experience and not a foreground experience. And I could do a whole other podcast just about that. So I started having conversations with Amy when I was ready to start thinking about moving back. And then we had the conversation about me taking a UX management role on platform. And I think it really clinched for me. I mean, I was sort of like, there were lots of different avenues I could take. And that was very inviting to know that there were lots of opportunities um, and that commerce itself was such a big problem. It was such a massive space to move into. And it was almost like, it felt like figuring the world out. It didn't feel like just figuring out like a small problem. Uh, not that, you know, customer support and intercom space is, is a small problem, but, um, but certainly it just kind of like, it sort of blew my mind a little bit how much there was to solve. And I also met with Brandon. I had a long conversation with Brandon. And I think what really struck me was that he talked so much about empathy and so much about empathy for entrepreneurs and, and especially like small businesses in a way that felt really authentic and very, very genuine. And it was only at the very end of our like hour long discussion that he started talking about like, oh, plus, but we're also a rocket ship and we're ambitious. And like, I love that that it took him till the end of the conversation to kind of sort of sell me on the startup-y sort of usual tech spiel. And it was really much more about like really feeling authentically for the users that we had to serve. So I think it was a combination of like, I felt like I had a really strong shared point of view on design with Amy. 
and really that authenticity. And I think the third piece for me was that Amy and I were talking a lot about trust and the importance of trust in our platform. That's what really sold me on platforms specifically, although I was already sold on Shopify. And really thinking about one of the things that fascinates me about working on a platform is that you're thinking about multiple audiences at once and you're trading off the concerns of like, say, a developer audience against the merchants that we actually design for. And then even the end users, the customers that use uh, merchant stores. And that's just fascinating to me. Like that's, that's what fascinated me about working on chatbots. Like what about the, the users who are using your product and they don't even know the parts of the system that they're interacting with? How do you serve them well? How do you take care of them? All that stuff really interested me. So that's what sort of sold me specifically on platforms. So there was a, it was a multifaceted thing that just made Shopify like just the obvious choice for me to join. I love how you all keep celebrating one another. It is the coolest. How about you, Ria? So I was coming from accounting and I knew I wanted to change. And the traditional route is you go work at like a telecom company or you go to CPG or you go to a bank and none of those were exciting at all. And they're actually kind of dreadful prospects. And my sister had done the same thing. She had, she had gone into accounting and then she was the first person I knew that had gone and done something different. She actually went to Uber right when it was starting in Toronto and then she moved to San Francisco. So it was the only blueprint I had of someone that like started in accounting and then went and did something completely different in tech. And so she was the one that messaged me from San Francisco and she's like, there's this company called Shopify. I think you should check it out. And I was like, Spotify, which I'm not ashamed of. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I don't know what this is. And this was, I guess, three and a half years ago. And then I applied for the one finance role they had. And I just kept getting, I think some people have mentioned this, like further and further in the interview process. And I was just became more and more besotted with the company and Uh, to circle back to what Amy was saying, there's no concept of swim lanes. And that became very apparent. Shopify is an ocean. There's, there's no lanes. There's, there's just this vast pool and, and things keep changing. And so through talking to all these people, I saw what an open space this was. And that's really exciting uh, coming from a very structured world. And so that's what really drew me in. It's been such an adventure ever since. Yeah. I love that. And to wrap things up, really quick fire, what would you say is the best piece of advice you've got? And you could just like blurt it out. Sarah, you want to go first? It's okay to be vulnerable. Go for it, Elizabeth. Replace yourself. Rhea? Um, Look for opportunities to be the dumbest person in the room because that's really when you grow. That's awesome. Fatima? Just keep learning. And Amy? Say yes to opportunities that come your way, even if you are not entirely sure that you meet all the qualifications or it's something that you've never done before. Daylin? Ask your team what the hardest problem is that we need to solve and then figure out a way to solve it together. I love it. And Marcy? I don't know if it's necessarily advice, but it was a quote that I read and it's by Maya Angelou and it's kind of stuck with me. Like the spirit of it has really stuck with me. And it was that people will forget what you said. They'll forget what you did, but they'll always remember how you made them feel. And so that's been something that has stuck with me for a really long time. That's what I use when I speak on stage is uh, because I'm always afraid of looking like an idiot. So I'm like, just remember what's most important is how I make everybody feel. They won't remember anything that I say. It's so true. I mean, it it really is. Yeah. Yeah. So this has been amazing. Thank you all for sharing your stories. Is there anything anybody wanted to say that they didn't say? I wanted to take the opportunity to say, again, thanks to everybody for coming together and for putting yourselves out there and trying this together. I mean, I don't know, Esprit, if this is like a huge step for you too, I think, in your podcast, like 
you know, you accepted the challenge of having all of us on here and we're in different locations. We're trying different technology to be able to bring us together. And I think like one of the things that brings women together around the world too is our ability to to sort of break down some of those boundaries that would inhibit us from getting together. And even just trying the way that we're doing this, um, I think is setting an example, you know, shaving off a bit of that discomfort on trying something new. And uh, I'm really proud of being a, a part of that new test and that new trial. And thank you for being willing to do that with us today too. I think that's, that's a pretty cool step, you know, I hope I other people it. try it. <laughs> I love it. Where can people connect with you? Um, you can find me on LinkedIn, Sarah Sue, and message me there. Can you spell it for everybody? Yes, it's a S-A-R-A-H-S-I-U. How about you, Elizabeth? Um, yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn. It's Elizabeth McGuan. Last name is M-C-G-U-A-N-E. I think I'm the only one on there. I'm not Karen McGrain, who's another content strategist. We get confused a lot. <laughs> um, or you can find me on Twitter, where I tweet very sporadically, and it's E-M-C-G-U-A-N-E. Perfect. Ria? You can find me on LinkedIn uh, at Ria Bhavnani. It's R-I-A-B-H-A-V-N-A-N-I. Fatima? Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn or Twitter, which I'm trying to use more. <laughs> it's uh, Fatima, F-A-T-I-M-A, Yusuf, but scratch the use of Y-U-S-F. Perfect. Daylin? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Daylinator, D-E-L-Y-N-A-T-O-R. And Marcy? Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn. It's Marcy Murray or Instagram. I think it's I am Marcy V. Or if you want to send wheels of cheese, I will respond directly by snail mail. <laughs> Promise. Amazing. And Amy? People can find me pretty much everywhere on social media under my name, um, Amy Thibodeau. So on Twitter, where I'm pretty active, I'm at Amy Thibodeau, A-M-Y-T-H-I-B-O-D-E-A-U. And I use that name pretty much everywhere on social media. So I use that on LinkedIn. I use that on Instagram. Um, but I would say that Twitter is where I do my most uh, chatting. So would love to connect with people there. Thank you so much for hanging out with the Women in Tech podcast. This was amazing to celebrate Women in Tech at Shopify. As I mentioned, it's one of my favorite companies in the world. I think it is so cool how they are really leading, how to have a mentorship culture, how to grow and reach our dreams, whatever those dreams may be. It's just, it's so awesome to celebrate each and every one of you. You guys, if you want to connect and collaborate with more awesome Women in Tech around the world, go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. Say hello. Hello on social at Women in Tech Show on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. 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 Proud to be a woman in tech at Shopify. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Adam Carroll. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.